here at Turning Point Church, we've been partnering with SUM Bible College and Theological Seminary for five years. It has been an incredible partnership, and the goal is to raise up a new generation of kingdom leaders who are biblically literate and gospel-centered without fear of the world around them. Amen? And this morning, we have a very special guest with us. She is the Chief Academic Officer of SUM Bible College and Theological Seminary, and she loves us so much, she flew out here just to be with us this weekend. That's how much she loves us, and that's how much we love her. So this morning, I would love for you to help me give Dr. Sandy Joan Leonard a great TPC welcome. Well, hello, everybody. Good morning. It is so good to be with all of you. The worship. Thank you. Uh, Jeremy, I believe, right? Thank you for that. And I just, I love being here in Texas. I love our Fort Worth South cohort. Got to spend time with them uh, yesterday. And I love Tina Jackson and her ministry as the cohort advisor, Pastor Brendan, who got this whole thing going. I'm so appreciative of Pastor Jeff and Pastor Cindy to allow me to come and share with you this morning. I'm just going to talk a little bit uh, on faith, get us going, and then Pastor Jeff is going to come up and just correct all of my theology. So I, he will he will take us home there. Um, but again, it's a privilege to be here. And I want to encourage you. I have felt the need throughout uh, this, these last few months just to encourage people. It's been rough, hasn't it? I, that didn't sound like it's been rough for you. Have you? You've just not had a problem at all, apparently. COVID has been rough. Last year's election was rough. The civil unrest all over has been rough. The conflict right now with Israel and Palestine is rough. We are living in some difficult times. And as, as uh, Pastor Brendan shared, SUM really as biblically illiterate, gospel-centered, and focused, we want to also help people grow in their spiritual formation. We want to develop people that have character, deep character, who are ready to go out and face some of these difficult times. But I've been wanting to share and just encourage people. And so I want to speak just a little bit about faith. Faith has been something that I have wrestled with for a long time. It it started maybe about 15, 16 years ago after my dad passed away, and it began to send me on this journey of understanding what faith is and why some people seem to have more faith than others. Does it ever seem like that to you? It, it seems like some people are giants in the faith while my faith just feels very small. I have an older sister who is amazing. I want to be like her when I grow up. She is just incredible. She, as one of my pastors used to say, she is the type of person who would charge hell with a squirt gun. She just has, she has so much courage, so much faith that she would do that. And I would look at her and say, I wish I could do that. I wish I could be like that. You know, of course, as we compare ourselves to others. But you know what I've come to understand? I believe that it's not about the amount of faith that we have. I believe it's how we live out and act out the faith that we do have. I want you to just really quick, and I think they'll have the scripture up here. In Luke chapter 17, 
verse 6, the disciples, the apostles, come to Jesus, or Jesus is sharing in previous verses, he's talking about various items, he's talking about being careful to avoid pulling people into sin, and that's a it's a really big thing we want to avoid, and then they come to verse 6, and the apostles say to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus responds by saying, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, and we know elsewhere in scripture, as well as just the, the uh, agriculture of, of that area, and especially of the mustard seed, that it's the smallest of all seeds, becomes re- really big. But Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. I think in these, this verse, Jesus is saying two things. Number one, faith is about action. Jesus says, go do something. Go say something. That it's not merely about what you believe. It's not merely about an idea. Faith is not an abstraction. It is not merely an idea. It is something that we live out. Say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the, in, the, in the sea. Faith is action. Do something. Say something. The second thing that I think Jesus is saying in this verse, I think he is, he is indicating, again, that faith is not about the size of what you have. It's not about the size of your faith. It's about living it out. It, can you picture this in this verse? The disciples are saying to Jesus, increase our faith. What was it they were expecting Jesus to do? Right there in that moment. Were they expecting him just to kind of come and zap them? Just be like, all right, guys, wait, it's coming. It's coming. Let me just throw it your way and you've got more faith. That's not how faith works. You live it out. You act on it. And the more you do, the more experience you have, your faith will grow based upon your experiences and how you live it out from day to day. Paul says in Ephesians 2.8, he says, it is by grace we have been saved through faith. This not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. God's grace saves us. God's grace redeems us. And our response to that grace is to then respond to Jesus and say, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Our faith is our response to Jesus who saves us by his grace. Let me encourage you this morning. It is not about if only, if only you had faith the size of of a mustard seed. It is about you already have enough faith right now, today, to say to that mulberry tree, be uprooted. You already have enough faith today to face the obstacles in front of you. It takes the tiniest of faith, which you have because you have received Christ's salvation through your faith. You have the faith today to face whatever you're going to face today. You have the faith today to face what you're going to face tomorrow. God has given you the faith that you have right now 
Our response is to live it out. As we trust God day by day, we live out that faith. We act on that faith because God gives us the strength to do so. Be encouraged by that this morning. Pastor Jeff. I didn't steal the mic from Pastor. Mm, here we go. <laughs> do you appreciate Dr. Dr. Leonard? And, you know, one of the things that before Pastor comes up and finishes that, he's going to tag team right off that. We wanted to let you know what SUM is all about. This is the type of teaching and in-depth Bible literacy that you would get from SUM. So for those of you that have a sense of call to SUM, take a look at this video. You'll get an idea of what SUM is all about. Is Carol in here today? Carol. Carol, are you? Carol, stand up. Now, Carol was the salutatorian. Now, am I right? Nationally? Nationally, she was the salutatorian. And uh, that's really, really something, Carol. We bless you. All right, everybody, let's stand up. And let me read to you verses right in line with Dr. Leonard's message. And I want to talk to you about the faith that Jesus taught. I'm starting at Mark 11:22. Most of us know these verses very well. These are the favorites of some. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Can we say that together? Have faith in God. Now, Jesus said, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done He will have whatever he says. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now I'm going right to Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, uh, sort of a companion verse to what we just read. So Jesus, the disciples were asking Jesus, why couldn't we cast this demon out of this boy? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, For assuredly, I say to you, 
If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it'll move and nothing will be impossible for you. May God bless his word in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him that's heavy stuff. All right. Now, because I am tag teaming and we've already got about 10 minutes gone by, I'm going to jump right into what these verses, I believe, are intended to speak to us. Because the Bible is given by inspiration of God. Right, everybody? That means that God breathed out every word that is in the Bible. It's, a, it's the word of God. Now, so Jesus talked about a mountain. He talked about looking at a mountain and speaking to it and then asking God also to remove it. Now, what's the mountain? Because I don't know of anybody in Christian history that stood in front of a real mountain and told it to move and it moved. I think Jesus is using embellishment here. He's using a metaphor. He's using an example. Uh, I challenge you, if you believe he was being literal here, Go to your nearest little hill in your yard and start talking to it. And let me know if it moved. Because, no, that's not what he was saying. The mountain represents insurmountable obstacles. Insurmountable obstacles. Now, we all have obstacles, right? We all experience obstacles. And they stand in our path. They block our progress in God. Sometimes the obstacles are circumstantial. Sometimes they are put there literally by the devil to stop us in our tracks. And they literally do hinder our moving forward in the will of God. They're an obstacle. It's a mountain. It's looming in front of you. And it looks impossible. How will I ever go through it, over it? around it, can't go under it. What am I going to do about this mountain, this obstacle? It can threaten your marriage, a mountain, an obstacle in your marriage, standing in the way of getting along, standing in the way of unity. It can, it can attack your children. Your children can, can be going crazy on you, and you've got a mountain there, a perplexity. What do I do? How do I respond to this? Uh, there can be a mountain in your finances. I just can't get out of this mountain of debt. I can't go over it. I can't go around it. can't go under it. What am I going to do? can't go through it. And then we read the words of Jesus here. He said, talk to it and pray about it. Because by faith, that mountain can be dealt with. It's not impossible if you're a child of God. If you're a child of God, it may be bigger than you, but Jesus is telling us it's not bigger than God. Right? A mountain can even threaten your destiny in the Lord, your very calling. There can be a mountain there. And, and, and it's, it, it, sometimes mountains can talk to you like Goliath talked to David, mocked him, ridiculed him, made fun of him, uh, undermined him, um, um, marginalized him, laughed at him. That mountain, Goliath was a mountain standing in front of Israel. All of Israel were hiding in their tents, quaking, shivering, uh, full of fear, intimidated because of the mountain called Goliath. But David faced the mountain 
and said, I'm going to bring you down, not by sword, not by spear, but in the name of my God, I'm bringing you down. And today I will feed you to the birds. You won't be feeding me. Yeah. Jesus says that what is bigger than us is not bigger than God. Faith in God, listen to Jesus' words, even tiny faith can result in great and awesome breakthroughs, even tiny faith. How many of you can say, my faith can be shaky at times and it seems tiny, but I want you to say with me, it's enough. Because Jesus is telling us just one mustard seed sized bit of faith is enough if it's genuine. Nothing shall be impossible to you, Jesus said. Nothing shall be impossible for you. But can I tell you, those words, everybody, are conditional. They're conditional. We need to understand that. Because sometimes we hear teaching telling us just any mountain that comes along, just talk to it, rebuke it, and it'll get out of your way. And here's what we don't stop to consider because a lot of times those things don't move. There's no breakthrough, there's no change, and we wonder what's going on. It's because these words of Jesus are conditional. John in his first letter came along and balanced out and and sort of fleshed out what Jesus meant by these words. Listen to John. John said, and we are sure of this, he will listen to us whenever we ask him for anything in line with his will. Everybody say in line with his will. And if we really know he's listening when we talk to him, and I do, I know he's listening, and make our request, then we can be sure that he will answer us. Jesus said, nothing shall be impossible for you. But John comes along and says, that's true. Nothing will be impossible for you if it's in line with his will. If it's in line with his will. Sometimes we go to God and we ask for things that are nowhere in his plan for us. How many of you have ever gone on in God for a while and looked back on your past and said, thank God he didn't answer that prayer? Right? I'm so thankful he didn't answer that prayer. Because, oh, I'd be in, I would be so miserable if he'd answered that prayer. Because that person or that place or that thing was not right for me. And you didn't know it at the time, but your heavenly father did. And so sometimes we get a great big no from heaven because our Father cares enough and sees enough to tell us no. And so you can talk to that mountain all day long. You you can try to move that all day long, but you can try to see that come to pass in your life all year long, but it's not going to happen if it's not in the will of God. I know people that have been talking to the same mountain for 20 years. It's like, dude, move on. Other times, the request, it's within his will, but guess what? It's not his timing. Oh, our God is a God of timing, timing, timing. See, sometimes there is something in the will of God for us. David, he was anointed by Samuel when he was about 17 years old, maybe even a little bit younger. He was a young boy, and he didn't step into the kingship until he was 30 so God spoke his will over him when he was still a teenager, but it didn't come to pass till he was 30. It was his will, but it wasn't his timing. And sometimes we have a real good sense of what God's will is for us, but we pray about it and we expect God to bring it right then and there. But God says, no, he says, I'm going to get you ready for the vision and the vision ready for you. 
I'm going to take some time to mold you and shape you and grow you up and mature you so that when I do bring it to you, it doesn't break you or kill you or overwhelm you. You can handle it. To everything, there's a season and there is a time. Catch that, church. There is a time for every purpose under heaven regarding your life and mine. There's a timing. The Living Bible puts it this way. There is a right time for everything. Well, if there's a right time for everything, guess what? There's a wrong time for everything. So sometimes it's God's will, but God says, yeah, I hear you, and yes, I'm going to bring it, but hang on, wait a while. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry, and he brought me up out of a horrible pit. When? When I waited patiently for the Lord. Amen? Amen. The good news is there are prayers that we pray, many prayers that we pray that are within his will for us, and he readily answers them. I've had some of those happen for me in the last few weeks. God readily answered exactly what I prayed for in a beautiful way. Isn't that great when God does that? Don't you wish they were all that way? Amen. Jesus is telling us that if our faith believes for big things, and it's within his will and his timing, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. And his use of the mustard seed analogy encourages us uh, to use the faith that we have, no matter how small it may seem. You know, one of the biggest mistakes we can make, there's an old song, this is really going to date me, and some of you are going to go, wow, I can't believe you remembered that song. And only some of you with silver hair are going to remember it. But I'm going to say it anyway. It went like this. I just stepped in to see what condition my condition was in. How many of you remember that? Stand up and give God glory. All right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just stepped in to see what condition my condition was in. But here's what we do with our faith. We step in to see what condition our faith is in. And we tear it apart. And we, 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 we scrutinize it. And, and we stare at it. We put it under the microscope of our own judgment and we say, well, my faith is really weak. I can't believe God for much of anything. No, Jesus said, if you have faith as tiny as a mustard seed, but it's genuine, you've got miracle working faith. Yeah. You do, you've got miracle working faith. Now, let me give you a little botany lesson here. You know how tiny a mustard seed is. They're small round seeds, usually yellow or black in color. Um, and they're about one to two millimeters in diameter. Millimeters. How t- small is a millimeter? It takes 25 millimeters to make an inch. 25. So you, you would have to line up 25 mustard seeds to make an inch. Everybody say tiny. Yeah, that's tiny. That's itty bitty. That doesn't look like it has much potential to me. So so a mustard seed is about the size of a period at the end of a sentence. And yet Jesus said, if you've got faith as big as a mustard seed, then you can say to a mountain, you can pray over a mountain, you can see a mountain moved in your life, you can do impossible things, you can see miracles happen if you've got faith that tiny and it's genuine. 
Now, Dr. Leonard says something that is so very important, is powerful. The greatest miracle and mountain you could ever move in your life is when you got saved. Because when you got saved, you went from death to life, from lost to found, from blind to sight, from hell bound to heaven bound. All right, catch this now. Everybody say, that's a big mountain. I was translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's dear son. And how did it happen? By the first thing I ever used my faith for. It was newbie faith. It was, it was baby faith. But look at the mountain that it moved. Look at the mountain that it moved. I would, I would contend today, there's no bigger mountain you'll ever move than that one. When you were born from above, born again, delivered from the devil, delivered from death, hell, and the grave, there's no greater mountain than that. First thing I ever used faith for was to get saved. God reached out in the juvenile home to a long-haired, skinny, massively confused and full of fear and anger kid who had never heard the gospel and touched my heart, and he gave me the faith I needed to get saved. Now, if I can get saved and move that mountain, what mountain can't be moved? What mountain can't be moved? Tell me. Well, I need a job. What is that compared to your salvation? Oh, I need God to touch my marriage. What is that compared to your salvation? Well, I I just, uh, you know, I'm just not feeling great. What is that to you going from death to life, coming out of the grave? What is it? See, your faith, you had the faith of a mustard seed, but it was enough faith to save your soul. Now, Jesus didn't stop with saying, speak to it. And this is what I want to speak to today as I close. Jesus didn't stop with saying, speak to the mountain. He also encouraged us to speak about the mountain to God. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray. Now, we're talking about going to God now. We're talking about bringing the mountain to God now. In verse 23, he said, you can talk to the mountain, it'll be removed. But in verse 24, he's saying, don't just talk to it, but I want you to bring the mountain to God when you ask. Ask, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So Jesus didn't stop with verse 23. He went on into verse 24 and said, if you've got a mountain in your life, bring the mountain to God. Talk to God about it. Don't just talk to the mountain, talk to God about the mountain. Amen. Because I assure you, no matter what it is, when you tell God, talk to God about your mountain, he is not going to turn to Jesus and say, wow, can you believe they've gotten that mountain? I didn't know they had that mountain. God's well aware of what is looming over your life. God is well aware of what you're dealing with. So let me ask you a question. What's the mountain in your life? What is the mountain in your life? What stands in the way of your progress? Ask God to move that mountain. If we ask anything according to his will, everybody say anything. So that includes anything in the Greek, I do believe. If we ask anything according to his will, he 
hears us. I'm not ready yet, Jeremy. You got the wrong signal. I'm sorry. You can stand there. You look real good. He thought I was done. I'm not quite near done. I may come over to you and use you as an example here. <laughs> Just ask in Jesus' name like he encouraged us to do. Go to God about the mountain. Listen to what the Bible says. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who, say the next three words with me, comes to God. Say it again. Comes to God. With what? With what? Something that looks impossible a mountain in your life. Come to God and and believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. So that verse right there is telling us, don't just talk to the mountain, but come to God about the mountain. Come to God by faith in him because he's the one that will move the mountain. It's going to be done by him. When any kind of obstacle comes up in our lives, we should pray for the Lord to remove it. Have you prayed about the mountain? I know you've wrung your hands about the mountain. You may have lost some sleep about the mountain. You may have experienced a lot of emotions about the mountain. But have you taken your mountain to God? Oh, what peace we often forfeit. The song says, oh, what needless pain we do bear. Why? All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer? Have you taken that marriage to him, that those finances to him, your children to him? Have you taken it to God and said, Lord, I give you this mountain. Do something about it. Yeah. Jesus said with men, this is impossible, but with God, with who everybody? With God. With who? With God. All things are possible. Now I want you to notice, did he say by your confession, all things are possible? No. Did he say by your words all things are possible? I can't. With that Sergeant Carter, I can't hear you. Uh, did he say by your words all things are possible? No. He said with God. With God. Nothing is impossible with God. Well, I'm about to preach. Nothing is impossible with God. In Mark 23, Jesus, uh, 9, 23, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If we can believe what? Belief has to be focused on something. If we can believe in God to remove the obstacles, he will remove them. If we can believe, believe in what? Believe in our words, believe in our confession, but believe in that? No, he said, if you can believe in God, If you can believe in God, all things are possible to him that believes. And the obstacles can be removed. See, let me tell you something. Our faith is never to be in faith. Our faith is never to be in our faith. I don't have faith in my faith. I have faith in the focus of my faith. And the focus of my faith is God. Amen? Jesus never tells us to trust solely in the power of faith. No. He always aimed our faith at an object, and the object was always God. Did Jesus' words in Mark eleven twenty three not begin with have faith in God? That's how it begins, have faith in God. Now notice, Mark eleven twenty three doesn't begin with this, have faith in faith, does it? 
Does it say have faith in the power of your confession? Hello, everybody. Because we're told a lot these days, it's, it's your confession that does everything. But let me tell you, Jesus said, before he talked about moving mountains, before he talked about the mustard seed, any of that, he, he said, have faith in God. He didn't say have faith in the power of your words. He said have faith in God. Bible faith is always turned toward God, not towards the power of my words, not towards my faith, but my faith is always aimed at the God who moves the mountain. Like Hezekiah prayed when a massive impossible enemy was coming to attack Israel. It was an insurmountable, impossible situation. They were massively outnumbered. And here's what Hezekiah said. Our God, we are powerless before this great multitude that is coming against us. And we don't even know what to do. But our eyes are on you. You. Our eyes are on you. Because you're the one that's going to handle this massive army coming against us. I believe it's good and fine, don't get me wrong, to speak words that agree with God's promises. I believe we ought to speak words of faith and hope. I think that's a good thing. But I don't believe the words themselves move the mountains. No. The word doesn't move the mountain. The, the words you speak don't move the mountains. Contrary to what we're taught sometimes, God is not paralyzed if we don't speak the right words. Now, I'm going somewhere with this today. I'm trying to deliver you from something. The Bible never teaches that, 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 that God sits there in heaven and says, wow, I'd really like to move on your behalf, but you just haven't activated me with the right words. I'm, about, I'm preaching. All right? So, oh, no, Pastor Jeff, I've got to activate him with the right words. God is sovereign. You think he's sitting up there all tied up just waiting for you to say the right thing? No, I'm going to show you that that's, that's crazy. Now, we might agree with God's promises by verbally speaking them, but faith toward God is what moves the mountains. It is God. It is God that does it. And only if what we're asking for is in line with his will. A lot of examples in the Bible. Let me give you two as I close. When Jesus came walking on the water to the disciples, in the middle of the night, did Peter turn to John and say, better say the right thing or he's drowning. Better say the right thing or he's going down. No. The Bible says, when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost and they cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Now, folks, I submit to you that crying out in fear is hardly a faith-filled response. But we note that Jesus didn't sink he didn't turn around and walk back to the shore. He didn't say to them, you should have activated me with uh, positive words of faith, uh, and I could have gotten into the boat with you, but now I can't because you didn't say the right thing. No, he kept right on walking towards them because he was teaching them something. You know why he kept right on walking towards them? Because he's sovereign. He does what he wants. Some of you, I'm messing with your theology, and you're sitting here going, well, I don't know about this. That's not what I've been taught. Well, you've been taught wrong, because I'm quoting the Bible to you. Let me give you another example. Uh, another thing in, in the ocean, in the sea, happened to them. You know about it. The storm kicked up. 
a terrible storm arose. And the disciples ran to Jesus when the water was flooding into the boat. And they were about to go down. And they, and they said to him, don't you care that we perish? Now, were those faith words? No, they were words of doubt, not of faith. Now, did Jesus say, wow, guys, you should have spoken faith. Now you're all going to drown. It's been real great walking with you. I'll see you later. I'm walking home, walking on the water again. See ya. If you had just spoken the right words, you wouldn't have gone down. Did he say that? He didn't say you should have activated me with faith words. Now there's not a thing I can do to save you. No. He stood up, rebuked the wind and the sea, saved their lives, though they didn't say faith words. Did you read that like I read that? He moved anyway. He saved their life. And you know what it was for Jesus? A teachable moment. They said, who is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. And I can almost hear Jesus thinking, that's exactly what I wanted you to ask. Because let me give you the answer. I'm God. And being God, I can tell the wind and the waves what to do. Yeah. I'm only trying to show you that this is the faith Jesus taught. Jesus taught. Have faith in God. Jesus taught. Sure, we're to use our faith, activate faith, but it's got to be faith toward him. And if we don't say just the right thing, I guarantee you he's moved so many times in my life when I didn't say just the right thing. How many of you can say, God moved anyway and showed mercy to me even though I know I didn't say the right thing? Right? So let's stand together. And let's, I want you to repeat these with me. I'm going to sum up this message on faith. Say with me, Bible faith begins small and grows like that mustard seed. The mustard seed, folks, becomes a tree 20 feet high and 20 feet wide. That little dot seed, 20 feet high, 20 feet wide. Jesus said, your faith is like that. It's tiny today, but as Dr. Leonard said, use it, go out and do something, get involved, put feet to your faith, exercise faith toward God, touch some people for Jesus, get involved in the work of the Lord, use that faith, and it'll grow in one day. You're a mature, fruitful believer, and Jesus said the birds of the air will fly and land on the branches of your life. And take refuge in the faith and the beauty of what God has done in your life. Yeah, that's what he said. Amen. Amen. So, wherever you are today, let's just, let's take our mountains to God, can we? Lift your hands to the Lord with me. Lord, I bet there's hardly anyone here today that doesn't have a mountain of some kind I know I do and Lord I'm just having to look at that mountain and carry it to you and trust you to deal with it and Lord we all do that we all do that so church say with me Lord I give you the mountain
looming in my life. Now say what it is to him. Just speak it to him. Say, it's marital, it's my kids, it's financial, it's whatever. Just say it to him. I give you this mountain. I give you this mountain. Now say with me, I believe. I have the faith I need to look to God to see this mountain removed. Amen. So say with me now, even when small, faith can result in great answers to prayer. Say with me, God's answers are conditional on his will and timing. And finally, say with me, Bible faith is always focused on the God who answers, not a method or faith in faith. It's focused on God. Now, let's just thank the Lord for doing something about that mountain we just gave him. Thank you, Lord. 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 How many of you have had a mountain removed uh, this year? Oh, look at all of you. Give a shout so they can. There we go. How many of you have had a mountain move this month? All right, we're getting less, but it's still real. How many this week? How many know one's about to be removed? All right. Amen, amen. Lord, we just thank you for your blessing on the house of God today. And thank you for blessing the people of God. And Lord, we pray that as we go out now to start our day and start a brand new week, that we'll experience the God who moves mountains as we not only speak to the mountain, a good confession of faith, but we bring the mountain to God, the God who removes them. And we place all our faith in you, Lord, to be the one who removes it. I pray remove a bunch of mountains this week in those in this congregation and those watching online. Remove mountains. Do something about that marriage that's stuck in the mud. Do something about those children that have gone crazy. Do something about the finances where the debt is so high we can't see through the end of it. Do something, Lord. Give wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Move miraculously or move by giving a word of wisdom and instruction and advice on how to see the mountain move. Lord, we know you're going to help us because we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Amen.